Hello, welcome to Spotlight, lighting the lamp of island creativity. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. This evening, time for brass. There's a good programme in there somewhere. And one of the best brass bands in the world is visiting the Isle of Man. We drop down to the Guild to hear from veteran accompanist, choir master, musician extraordinaire and class winner, Wendy McDowell. And hear a bit more from Carl Parker about the challenges of staging good plays in the island's theatres. Remember, do get in touch with any creative artistic endeavours you may be involved in planning, hoping to create or would really like to put in the spotlight. That's this programme, by the way. Poetic, visual, theatrical, musical, literary, mime, ceramics. You name it, get in touch. Spotlight at manxradio.com, Howard Kane at manxradio.com. I'll read them both. Well, bearing in mind how popular it is, and what a good reputation the island has in the genre, brass bands and the music they feature aren't on Spotlight as oft as they ought to be. Something we're going to remedy, to a degree at least, right now. Phil Shimon is the chair of the Manx National Youth Band and he dropped by to chat about the band and its work and also to give me the exciting news that one of the best brass bands in the business, Foden's, is visiting the Isle of Man this summer. They're coming over on Saturday the 15th of July and we've invited them to come and perform a concert at the Royal Hall. Um, it's very exciting. Some may remember they came in 2017 and performed a, an outstanding concert in the Royal Hall. So it'll be great to see them again. Um, we uh, have played with them before and we're hoping to do a couple of numbers with them on this occasion as well. So um, lots to look forward to. So that's an amazing thing then. So the Manx Youth Band actually playing with Foden. So you get, you know, some of the young guys and girls in the band, they get to play with some of the best in the business. Absolutely. And it's all part of the mentoring process for our, our youth band players um, who are the future of, of our whole organisation. I mean, we've got two bands, the youth band and their older counterparts, Max Concert Brass. And uh, one feeds the other and without new people coming in and, and being developed in the way that we, we, we do it, then we wouldn't have uh, the organisation we have. So it's um, it's all part of the plan. What does it makes Foden so good then? Is it the overall sound? Is it Are they a fully professional band or are these people all professional musicians or are they sort of semi-professional? Um, I think most of the, most of the players uh, work in some sort of musical capacity, mm. certainly the principal players. Um, I know uh, some of them work at the Royal Northern College of Music and um, the Salford University sort of set up and um, they're professional tutors uh, there but um, I, I mean the last few years even since 2017 when they were last here their their rise has been incredible really I mean the last two years uh, they've won the the national championships of of Great Britain uh, on both occasions last year and the year before uh, in a northwest area, which we compete in as well, Manx Concert Brass. Uh, Foden's have won the championship section there the last seven years, so their form at the moment is is incredible, and um, it, it's a real coup to get them to come over. And the standard, that you say, is incredibly high. I think anyone who's never been, isn't in the banding world perhaps, has never been to one of these competitions. 
it's incredibly tense and serious. I remember going to one or two with uh, with Chris Neal, my pal, years ago, and it was you'd have all the bands sort of coming on, and the adjudicator would be sitting in this sort of slatted box, so he couldn't couldn't actually see all the costumes; he'd just hear the music, as I understood it, so we wouldn't be distracted or be sort of favoured to one band or another how they looked. And yeah, it was so tense, and the competition was so tight; it was incredible. It is. I mean, we we go away each uh, February to compete in the Northwest area um, as Max Concert Brass. And, you know, we've been going away now since 1995. And we started off in the fourth section, which is uh, the lowest section. And since 1995, we've had a a gradual rise up the the sections. And uh, this year we played in the first section and uh, got a very good third place out of the 16 bands who competed. And uh, absolutely, I can tell you it was nerve-wracking uh, there's a lot that hinges on one piece of music that you've been practicing for weeks and months so yeah it can be very nerve-wracking but we're kind of used to that now and and um, we've got some very confident accomplished players ourselves and um, it, it's amazing because we now know we've had it uh, confirmed in the last couple of days that we're actually from next year promoted to the championship section um, for the national uh, brass band championship so what that means for us is that we're actually going to be competing against Foden's next um, February, which is um, both exhilarating and terrifying in the same... Uh, so this is like the major sentence. league, as it were? It is. Yeah. I mean, I always uh, the analogy I always use is it's the Premier League. You know, we start off in the, the, the Vanarama Championship or whatever it is now, and... Um, all the way through, and five leagues above that is is the championship section, which is effectively the Premier League. And you know we're we're going to be playing against Foden's, who are without doubt one of the best uh, bands on this planet. And it's uh, that's an incredible incredible thing. So safe to say, the Isle of Man, then, as is often the case in a lot of things, musical and arty, punching well above its weight in many ways. Well, absolutely. I mean, last night, for instance, was the Guild, and um, you know we had six of the bands. Uh, the island's bands playing in the guild or playing uh, marches, hymn tunes and, and a concert programme. And the the quality and the standard for a small population is uh, is incredibly high. And um, it's the competition's very keen. What is it about brass banding, I think, that sort of seems to, A, again, it's, you think very much of the north and the northwest in many areas being sort of the capital, the, the sort of brass band central... And it sort of seems to be in the blood. I was thinking, listening to uh, Ian Cottier, who does Time for Brass and has done for 40-odd years here on Mike's Radio. He was a brass bandman. His son was a brass bandman. His grandson's... Gra- I mean, it sort of goes on. It seems to be once it's in the blood, it just stays there. It does, and, and we're an example of that. I mean, we've got players like myself, and I mean, some of the players that I play with in Manx Concert Brass are people that I grew up with and went to school with. And we've got that bond, we've got that friendship, we've got that loyalty towards each other which is um, an incredible part of the the whole jigsaw, really, of, of how we've been successful, I would uh, I would suggest. Um, but now, you look at the Manx Youth Band, and, you know, a good proportion of the youth band are the children of those players. My son plays in the youth band, and there's lots of other players in Concert Brass whose, whose kids also play in the youth band. So it's, yeah, it's very much in the blood, and um, I think the... The kids really, particularly where they've got parents who play, really don't have a lot of choice. <laughs> I think they, they get dragged along and, and some fall by the wayside. But I would go so far as to say the majority probably uh, continue with it. And, um, you know, if it gives them um, 
the sort of musical experiences we've had, then then fantastic. And I think that's something again Ian picks up on and says, you know, once you start off, it's you sort of you've got a hobby, you've got friends, you've got a sort of a, a family there for life in many ways. If you, if you get into the brass banding, as you say. It can be something that will stay with you for the next 30, 40, 50 years or something, which is which is wonderful really to have in life if you start off as a young young lad or young girl. It is. I mean, I, I started when um, the late Jimmy Crosby, who who was the first conductor of the Manx Youth Band, he um, came to Murray's Road School when I was there and um, he formed a collaboration with Gordon Knighton, who was the, the headmaster, and started off a, a young group which was known as Moravian Brass. Some people might remember that from years yeah, ago. Yeah, I remember the name. Yeah. And... Um, that was effectively a feeder band into the youth band. And um, from there, the youth band is, I mean, Manx Concert Brass was formed in 1995 when a lot of the youth band players became too old to be considered youths anymore, but <laughs> didn't didn't want to stop or go to another organization. So we formed another band. I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, it sounds really simple. It wasn't, but, um, you know, we can see where that's led to. It's, um, it's a great story, really. It is wonderful. Still popular with youngsters then coming in for those, as you say, if it's in the blood, I suppose it stays there. Uh, very different now, 2023, that was in, as you say, 1995, 1990. You've got social media, you've got all these other distractions for youngsters coming through. Do you still get sort of new blood coming through from perhaps outside of the, the brass, brass band and the banding fraternity? We do. Um, a lot of it's word of mouth. I mean, there'll probably be people who were sat in the audience last night at the Royal Hall who... who would probably think, oh, I'd love to get my kids involved. And, and you know, we're open to uh, people contacting us and, and asking whether they can come along on a Saturday morning to our band room and, and have a go. Uh, the tuition is free. They'll get provided with an instrument. And um, it's, a, it's, it's a great thing for kids to do. You're right, there's lots of other competing demands these days you know so much going on in the world of sport on the island and 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 so many more things going on for kids um but you know our, our challenge really is to make sure we've still got people coming in through our door to support um the the numbers that we need to to make it happen for the youth band so it's a uh, it's certainly more challenging than it used to be in mm. terms of getting people through the door but we've we've got some uh, some ideas for the future as to how we might uh have a more regular uh, number of kids coming through the door and that you know I was referring to um, how I started and at Murray's Road School but we're in talks at the moment with with one of the schools about having a similar uh, sort of setup and and that will feed into the youth band hopefully and, and keep it going. So Foden's this concert itself with Foden's uh, a bit of a fundraiser for the band because as you say no one's in there to uh, to get rich lots of volunteer and thousands of hours going in but obviously as you say the tuition handing spaces the instruments themselves aren't cheap when kids are coming along they won't have a, a, a trumpet or a cornet as such and so they need an instrument to play all this costs. It does indeed and um, we support ourselves we uh, we are a, a public subs- subscription band and um you know, we've got our own premises. We've got assets such as we need a van to carry all the instruments around from place to place for concert to concert. And uh, it, it's very much, um, it has to be organised very, very well. But what we have got at the moment, we do have uh, quite a lot of instruments ready to, to be handed out. So, um, you know, if, if people are interested in bringing the kids along, then, then make contact with us. We're on Facebook, on Messenger. Um, so drop us a message and we'll, we'll certainly uh, organise something for you. 
terrific stuff. It's always been, a, like I said, a wonderful hobby. The number of friends I've known who have been in it and have stayed with it for ages or even leave it for a while and come back again. It's terrific. So Foden's coming up the Villa Marina. Plenty of time. July the 15th. Uh, people want to get along to the book via the Villa? They do. Um, they can book via the Villa uh, box office um, or they can go online and book the tickets online. Get your tickets while you can to see one of the biggest names in the brass world, even if you're not a big bander. I can guarantee it'll be a night of great music. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Now, there can't be many people on the island who don't know the name Wendy McDowell. She's been, mis- she's been Mrs Music for as long as I can remember. And the indefatigable Judith Lay, Mrs Guild herself, managed to pin down Wendy for a few minutes after she appeared at this year's festival to hear more about her long association with the event. stretch of the imagination, Wendy, you are quite an exceptional person. You're a teacher, you're an official accompanist, and then the other day you were a competitor as well, and swipe with the piano duet trophy playing with Kath Blackburn. The Guild has always been a big part of your life, hasn't it? Absolutely. Well, take us back to early days when you were a a little seven-year-old. What do you remember about that, Wendy? Uh, Well... I was expected to do it because I came from a musical family and I had to do it. I had a a very clever musical sister who, uh, you know, took all the honours, really. So I never thought I was any good at all, really, but I had to do it. And I suppose I've always done it then. Um, I think I first sang in the girls' solo in 1946. And I can remember the song I sang... It was called I Know a Bank Where on the Wild Time Blows. And I think I probably, I'm not going to, but I probably could sing you the first line of it anyway. <laughs> so that goes back a long, long way. And um, I suppose from apart from about six years when I was training and um, teaching away, I've been at the Guild every year since, probably. Well, do you know, this is so interesting, Wendy, because we regard you as a real musical celebrity. But let's just touch on your late sister for a moment, because it's so interesting that you say you didn't think you were of any consequence because Heather Nicholl, your sister, music was her whole career. So just remind us about your sister, Heather. Heather was a professional musician, actually, and uh, she won the Baum Scholarship at the Guild, which was presented every two years for someone to go to the academy to train. Then she went on to become a professional musician, you know. She did all sorts of things, but uh, she did actually do six years with Ivy Benson, which she liked very, very much. Unfortunately, she had diabetes from um, about 11 years old, and it was type 1, so uh, she had to inject and nowadays they've got such wonderful treatments and so on. People can cope with it. But, of course, by the time she was in her 30s, it was taking its toll, really. Do you know, she was teaching in Jordan. She was playing in a band in Jordan, and she taught the present king of Jordan when he was a little boy. How about that? Uh, anyway, she was so ill, she had to come home. And she started teaching and... Um, 
she really enjoyed that. But of course, the diabetes took its toll and she died when she was 39, which is a very, very early age. But I think she had a very, very full musical life. Indeed she did, and is still remembered in two particular respects that I know of, in that there is an award in her memory yes. in, in the Guild, yes. and also you had some of your sister's arrangements of music. Oh, actually, it was the Regal Singers that had the, uh, Heather's arrangements. She did about um, six or seven, and that started us off on these arrangements, and of course when she died, I started doing it then. So uh, Regal Singers, we had these special arrangements, you know, that we, we really loved and um, cherished in a way. Well, it's lovely that, that she lives on in that respect. Yes. And so coming back to yourself and the Guild, do you think that it's true that for a lot of people of a certain generation, it was expected that children went into the Guild? Oh. It was part of a rite of passage almost. Absolutely. I mean, the, I know there's a few, a few classes this year in the speaking word and so on that are very big, but 50 was nothing, you know, to have to, you might be number 50 in that class to get up and sing your little song, but you had to do it, you know. <laughs> but a lot of people do say, I was talking to somebody just this morning and she said that you know it did give you that little bit of confidence and you think that oh yeah I can I can do that and and that's a very important life skill isn't it I think it's wonderful if that's I don't know that it ever gave me that actually I think I was always terrified I had to play the piano and and sing you know from this early age because it was expected really you have been the accompanist for the Regal Singers musical director of Londu Male Voice Choir and huge commitment. You did both of those for many, many years, running them simultaneously, as well as teaching. You've got a great energy for what you do, Wendy, <laughs> haven't you? church choir as well. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. <laughs> Let's just mention some just pieces. Mentioned. But, um, yes, uh, I've been my life, and uh, I'm very blessed that I've been able to do it. And still, I'm able to do it. I, I feel very, very fortunate that I can still do it. The Guild has changed over the years, hasn't it? In, in the, the core of it remains the same, that it's a, it's a staple of island life and is, is so much loved. But it, it's just kind of around the edges that things have, 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 have had to move with the times. Yes, I, th I think it's good that we've got to try and get new things are being introduced all the time, which is, is a good thing. I'm glad that the core of the uh, guild remains the same because it's still much as I remember. And somebody said to me a few weeks ago, oh, it's a shame there's no dancing. I remember when there were dancing in the Palace Coliseum. I said, so do I. But I said, yes, there is dancing. I said, there's a whole day of dancing and it's really, really popular. It's well attended, you know. So that's a good thing. Let's talk about being an accompanist. I think being an official accompanist, which you have been for many years, is an awesome responsibility, is it? Well, it is, but I enjoy accompanying. I really do. I, I feel as if I'm singing along with the person that's singing, if you know what I mean, and that's what I really enjoy. How does it work, Wendy? Do you have some practice time with the competitors before, yes. before it starts? Yes, yes, usually they... Um, I mean, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you just have to... With the little ones, you just have to play it by ear. But uh, generally speaking, you have uh, some practice time with them. You practice the piece, and then they come along and have a, you know, a couple of turns. What a guild record Wendy has! It's difficult to imagine many musical events 
which involve piano or choirs or musicals or shows or students or teaching, the list goes on and on, in which Wendy hasn't been or still is involved. We'll hear more of that lovely little chat with Wendy next week. Thanks ever so to St Judith Lay for organising that. Don't forget, if you want to catch up with everything that's been going on at this year's Guild, check out Today at the Guild. It's on this evening, tomorrow and Friday, 9pm, here on Manx Radio. You can hear Judith on The Breakfast Show with Ben with a little brief paracy of what's been going on. And, of course, there's the podcast you can download and listen where and when you want. Terrific stuff. There's also videos. There's everything, basically. We heard from Carl Parker of Parker and Snell the other week, ahead of their production of the Railway Children at the Gaiety. Whilst he was in the studio, we chatted more about the generalities of production and the direction of straight plays on the island. Never an easy thing at the best of times. And indeed the issues of casting, something which Carl admitted in which he'd been quite lucky. I think I mean, one of the good things is we've never sort of suffered with uh, not being able to cast a play or a show. But I do think that, um, you know, some some societies may have um, suffered in the case of when, say, plays are too close together or musicals are maybe too close and, you know, you want a particular person to play a particular role, but they're they're in a different play or different musical at the time. So, um, but generally, I mean, it would be good for, you know, for some fresh faces to come out of the woodwork. But I, it's, it's, it's tough because generally you'll see the similar cast in in the musicals and the plays at, at the gaiety and so on um but i think as it if it becomes more saturated that's when it could potentially become an issue but i think the the good thing for performers is they have a you know a vast range of choice this day and age it's not just a couple of plays a year or one or yeah. two musicals there's there's so much going on uh, which on the one hand is is great um so yeah it's just i think it's uh, a question of what product you you do and whether that actor is interested in in being part of that and i suppose that's the other thing isn't it because sometimes like you see you've got to decide what you're going to put on on the one hand you need something that are going to give the actors and actresses a bit of a challenge that people want to perform which doesn't always correlate directly with what puts bums on seats no absolutely and you know we we've we've danced along the wire for the last you know over a decade now where you you have to get the fine balance between something that is going to sell to make sure you cover your cost, but something that may be slightly more challenging, um, you know, something that's that, you know, that you you'd like to do. But I mean, I'll give you an example. We we would love to do more sort of Tennessee Williams, Joe Wharton, um, you know, Harold Pinter, those types of plays. But at the gaiety with the costs and so on, you'd you'd be hard pushed trying to cover your costs. So yeah. you know, we would like to offer even more sort of diverse and um, you know, plays that have, you know, a lot more substance than, say, uh, you know, Father Ted, which we did a few years back. I mean, Father Ted bums on seats, but it's, uh, you know, it's not Chekhov or it's not, you know, Shakespeare and so on. So, yeah, it is difficult. And, and the thing is with with musicals, musicals generally get a bigger audience than plays. That's just a given. Um, it's just the nature of uh, entertainment, uh, musicals. It's easier to sort of keep an audience entertained. You know, there's a song, there's a routine, there's a bit of, acting a bit of a bit of a storyline then it's back into a big big routine especially if you know the audience knows uh the the musical numbers that are coming up and so on with a play it's different um you know people's attention spans aren't what they used to be i can't speak for everyone but i know even for myself it's like you know previously you could focus for a long time now it's like a few seconds and you're bored so that's that's the challenge you've got with straight drama or you know normal theater because you, you have to keep an audience entertained the thing you can't always tell is it is when you put something on just how well it's going to play even 
with much of planning beforehand. And you mentioned To Kill a Mockingbird there. A straight play, hard-hitting, pulls no punches. It's uh, you know, a, a difficult subject for some people to sit and, and talk about. And yet, audiences were brilliant. Yeah, they were, and again, it's... Um... That was a play that we we did, which which got really good audiences. Um, I think it was about over two thousand audience for two and a half thousand audience for To Kill a Mockingbird, which is really good for a particular play. I mean, yes, it's hard hitting and um, you know filled with uh, the racism that's in the story. It was kept to the original. We didn't quite nothing out, um, but yeah, it was it was a a good play to have. Yeah. But they're few and far between. And we'll catch up with Carl again later in the year to see what he's up to. That's about it for this week. Don't forget, if you want to hear anything again, go to maxradio.com, download the Spotlight podcast, listen where and when you want. Why not try it while practising your didgeridoo for next year's Anything Goes class in the Guild? See you next week. Look after yourselves and whatever you're doing, be creative about it. Cheerio. Cheerio.